I began to consider and study from the Word of God whether or not the congregation is like a team. And when I started studying, I wasn't real sure about that. I, I, I started out thinking, well, maybe that's a secularized way of thinking about the church. Maybe that's just not right. But as I studied, I found out that really is a proper way of thinking about it. And so I want to share that with you today. I want us to look from the Scriptures to what the Bible says about that. And then I want us to draw some application from our lesson. In Ephesians 4.16, as we already read this morning, we work together, and everybody has a part in what we're doing, and the result of that is the building up of the body, the church, the congregation, in love. I want to suggest to you that we are a team, and I'm going to, to define that and tell you what I'm talking about and look at several scriptures. A team is simply a group of people who are organized together to accomplish work. Uh, we could be like players, players on a team. Or, or, or sometimes we're, we, we use the word team as, as like two animals that are joined together to accomplish work. For example, Jeremiah 51.23 talks about a farmer and his team. And Micah 1.13 talks about harnessing the chariot with a team of horses. Being a member of a congregation is like being a team, and I want to talk about it in this analogous way to help us think about the benefits God gives us together as a group as we work together as Christians and the blessings we receive as a result of that. Being a Christian is like being a member of a team. Go with me over to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, and let's look at, at a scripture we're very familiar with as... Jesus invites people to come to him, Matthew 11 and verse 28. Now, Jesus uses the analogy of animals teamed together, or in the first century it was a yoke, to be yoked together. And he says, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. So Jesus has a yoke, and he invites everybody to come and to partake of this yoke. All those who come are yoked together to accomplish his work in his kingdom. Some extend the analogy and say, well, we're yoked together with Jesus, and Jesus is actually out there helping us do the work, but still we are teamed together, whether you say as individual Christians, we're all teamed together, or maybe even with Jesus, we're teamed together with him, you may extend the analogy as that. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. So here is this analogy of a yoke. And I've got a video clip I've played for you before. And here's a guy, and he's got uh, a team of oxen. And you see that they are joined together, they are grouped together to accomplish some work. And so this is the analogy that Jesus uses, and it's sometimes in the Bible, New American Standard, not all the translations, called a team, a team of oxen. And so we are invited to be part of this team to take this yoke upon us. But I want to look at another scripture with you. Go with me over to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3. Now, those of you who are, who are looking at the, uh, the uh, King James, the old King James today, you're going to have an advantage over the rest of us. 
because of the way your translation reads, and it is very much to the point as to what Paul is talking about here. The rest of us, uh, my, my translation says companion, and it's really not to the point that the Apostle Paul is making, although it's not wrong. In, in the beginning of verse 3, Philippians 4, 3, indeed true companion. Now, we think of a companion in a lot of ways. Now, if you've got the old King James or the uh, American Standard Bible, the old American Standard, 1901, uh, you have their yoke fellow, yoke fellow. And that's really what he's talking about there. The Greek word here means of those who are united by a bond. And so you could say companion, but when we use the word companion, we don't really think about it so much this way, at least I don't. You know, Beth is my companion, but, but I don't really look at her so much being my companion because it's something stronger than that to me anyway. And what Paul is talking about here is strong. It's a strong, a strong union. The, the Greek word here is to be united by a bond such as marriage, a relationship, an office, labor, study, business, and hence the translation is yoke fellow here. It can also mean a colleague or a partner, something, something such as that. So here are people who are bound together, who have this bond, just like the animals who are yoked together to accomplish a common goal or a single task. So we are yoked together. We are bonded, bound together to accomplish this work God has set for us to do as a body. We sing the song sometimes, Blessed Be the Tie. Beth and I had that uh, sung at our wedding. At, we had congregational singing at our wedding, and that's, that's the song that we sang, uh, at least one of them, Blessed Be the Tie. And so we've got this bond. We've got this thing that ties us together. And so we're no longer two, but we are one, and we're accomplishing this, this goal, this work together. So we are as a congregation. We are yoke fellows. Remember in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14, Paul says, and again I'll use the, the King James, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. In other words, as Christians we are yoked together and we can't be that way with unbelievers. We can't be yoked together with them to, to accomplish the same spiritual goal because their spiritual goals are not our spiritual goals. We can only be yoked together with those who believe because we have this common goal and we are seeking to accomplish this common work. And so we are, in a matter of speaking, this team, like a team of horses, like a team of oxen, we are bound together, we are united together to accomplish this goal, to accomplish this work, and so we are a team. Therefore, we are fellow workers. Let's look at a few scriptures. Go with me over to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16 and, and verse 3. Now here is Paul with Priscilla and Aquila. He says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, as Christians, we are fellow workers. We are yoke fellows together. We are working to accomplish what God would have us to do in his kingdom. Now let's go a little further with it all. Go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. So, so here we are, we're, we're workers together, fellow workers, but notice 1 Corinthians 3, 9, 
For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So we are God's fellow workers. We are working together to accomplish what God would have us to do. And one could say as we extended the analogy with being yoked together with Jesus, we're working with Jesus. Jesus is here working with us. God is really working with us too. Because if it weren't for God, we couldn't do a fraction of what we do. And certainly we would not be in his kingdom. And so we are working with God also. But, but, but go a little further with me. Let's go back over to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3. Now remember, we already mentioned 2 Corinthians 6, 14, that we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But notice what he says here about these fellow workers. <coughs> Excuse me, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 3. And, and, it, and we read the beginning of the verse, Indeed, true companion or yoke fellow, Continuing on down to get to the end of the verse there of these fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, who's that? Those are Christians, other people who are saved. And so we are fellow workers together in God's kingdom to accomplish his work. We are yoke fellows, bound together, the tie that binds us together. Now go over to 3 John for just a second. 3 John, and of course there's only one chapter, the, uh, chapter there. 3 John chapter 1 and verse 8. Now I want us to notice something else. When we are yoke fellows and, and workers together, fellow workers in the kingdom of God, 3 John chapter 1 verse 8. Therefore, we ought to support such men, those who are going about and teaching and doing those such work, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Now have you thought about that one before? We are also fellow workers with the truth, the word of God. John 17, 17, Jesus says your word is truth. So we are fellow workers. God has sent out his word to accomplish what he has ordained, and it does not return to him void. It has a work to accomplish. And we are working with the truth, the word of God, as we do what God would have us to do. So let me suggest to you that being a member of a congregation is like being on a team, being part of a team. We have this common tie. We are bound together, united in Christ, to accomplish this work which God has set forth and ordained, and we work together to do that. So there's some, there's some lessons we can learn. Let's look at just a few of them. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 4. The first thing I want us to to remind ourselves of is that we, we do not all have the same role. You know, when, when you've got a team, not everybody does the same thing. Now, there are some things that they all do, but there are some things that are peculiar to different individuals. That's like uh, on a football team, not everybody's a quarterback, and not everybody's a running back, and not everybody's a lineman. Not everybody does the exact same thing. And so we have different roles in the kingdom. Now, now we've already read this scripture with our, our scripture reading, but, but I want to just look at a few verses and pull a few things out. First of all, verse 7, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure, measure of Christ's gift. So it begins with Christ. And he is the one who has given us these blessings and these abilities in the body of Christ 
so that we can fulfill our role. And there are a lot of things need to be done. Not one person can do everything. And so we're blessed to have our place in the congregation. So as you're here this morning and you're thinking about what your place is, what your role is, your aspirations for where you would like to go, as you grow and mature in the kingdom, think about that it is a blessing from God and a blessing from Jesus Christ that you are who you are today. Now look at verse 11. And he gave some to be apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. These are different roles. And there's a number of different scriptures. Romans chapter 12, we'll look at in a little bit. 1 Corinthians 12, we'll reference in a little while. Talks about a lot of different roles in the church. And so we all don't do it all. No one person can do it. Just like on a football team, one person can't do it all. Could you imagine watching a football game and you have... A team lined up over here, and you got a quarterback by himself over here. <laughs> How ridiculous would that be? Wouldn't be anybody to hike the ball to him. And wouldn't be anybody to throw to him. Wouldn't be anybody to, uh, wouldn't be anybody to, to hand the ball off to so they could run. This one fella over here would get beat. He could be the best professional quarterback in the whole world, and it wouldn't take much of a high school team to whip him. And so we all can't do it all. We have a role. We have the blessings. God has given to us. Now let's go uh, uh, down to verse 15. Ephesians 4, 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. Every person in the congregation has something important to add. You've got something important, something that is needed by the body. The body needs you to do your work. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You have something that's important that the body needs, and the body needs you to do it so that it can be the best that it can be. So every joint is supplying according to the proper working of each individual part. Now this is the result. Causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So when each individual in the congregation is doing the best at what they've been blessed to be able to do, we grow the most that we can. And we are the most productive as a body that we can be. Now go with me over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And let's emphasize this point that we all don't have the same function. You know, the, 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 the brain doesn't do the same thing as the feet, and the feet doesn't do the same thing as the brain, but they need each other. And they're both equally important. In Romans chapter 12, and beginning in verse 3, I want to read a few verses, and I don't want to spend a lot of time commenting on it, but I want us to... To get this from the word of God that each part is important. That each part is needed and, and, and each part is equally important. Verse 3. For through the grace for through the grace given to me I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. In other words, we're all equally important. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what your job is. Doesn't matter what your role is. We're equally important. And don't think, don't think you're more important. Than everybody else, or some some other part of the body, because you're not. But to think, 
so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them according, accordingly. Now, now, some of these are miraculous. We don't have those today, but not all of them. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in, in his serving, um, or he who, has, uh, uh, who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so there are many, many different parts to the body, but we're all one. We're all united. We don't all have the same function, but we are equally important. Our challenge is to understand our role. Is to look at ourselves and understand our role, who we are, what our blessings are, what our capabilities are, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. To understand what our role is today and to fulfill it to the best of our ability while striving to grow while striving to grow and to fulfill other roles in the future. We must guard against apathy and complacency. Not to be apathetic. Not to be complacent. Not to sit and, and say, well, I don't have to do that, or I don't need to do that. That would be okay if I don't do that. I've got other people doing other things. I don't need to do what I can do. we got to watch out for that. And we must be working to grow. But not so much that we don't do what we can do today. In other words, we can't be working so much for tomorrow that we don't do what we should do today. Tomorrow may never come. And so we, we have to make sure that we're doing what we can today and then working to do what we can do tomorrow. Members of a team have different functions, but they're all equally important. Now let's go over to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. I know a scripture here that you're very familiar with, but I want us to look at it within this context. The team is stronger than any one individual. The team is stronger. All together, unified in Christ, we are stronger as a body than we could be as individual members. The sum is greater than any individual part. A team is stronger than its individual members. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, what is the reason for being part of this body, if I can say in this way, to be part of this team? It is so that we grow stronger. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Now, let me just take a break here. As we all come together here, as we, we are on our way to assemble, maybe the day before we're assembling, we are to consider one another, what can I do to make others stronger in the congregation? What can I do to make others stronger, to encourage, to uplift, to stimulate? We don't just come here to get what, what's going to be given to us. We come here to give. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And when we do give, we do receive. So we're to consider one another. Verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together. Not forsaking our assembling, doing our best to be here. 
making whatever allowances must be made. And, you know, we, we can't be like the rest of the world. We can't be running ourselves ragged and crazy like the rest of the world because they all sleep in on Sunday. They may go out and have brunch somewhere and they're in bed while we're here. We can't be like everybody else. There are going to be some things we have to do differently in our life so that we can be here and be active and be doing our part with the church. And knowing that as you do your part, what you're doing is helping other people be stronger. Brethren who are spiritually stronger help those who are weaker. Remember Romans chapter 14 talks about, about those who are weaker. And how those who are stronger are to bear and to, with them and to help them in their weaknesses. Remember Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 See that no brother comes short of the grace of God. As we come together, we want to make sure that every person here is as strong as they can be and on their way to heaven. Let me show you this, this cartoon right here. I think this sort of shows what we're talking about here. You notice here we got all three and, and, and everything's going good. But here this guy right here, he, he's weak. But here's the other two holding him up. And here's this girl, and she's weak. And these other two are helping. And here's this guy here. He's weak. And these two are helping. You see, if it weren't, if it weren't for these other two right here, this guy would have fallen into crack, and that would have been the end of him. But because of these two right here, he's able to be sustained until he can be strong again. And so that's part of what we're doing. Remember those brethren who have material possessions, they're helping those who don't have, James chapter 1 and chapter 2. Let me give you this analogy. It's like geese that are flying. You know, geese often migrate thousands of miles. And I don't think it would be possible for one goose to go and make that trip all by himself. Well, they have this way of flying. And they fly in a V formation, which is quite incredible actually. And, and the ones who are in front, now they've got the most work. They're bearing most of the load. But, but when they get tired, they, they swap out with somebody else. Because not one of them could be the leader the whole time and fly all of that. So, so even those who are leading are teaming up together. And I want you to notice something. Our leadership works in a team. That's the way God has set it forth. That elders are teamed together. It's just not one out there by himself. Even our leadership is teamed together just like these geese that would be flying. They fly in this V formation. And, and every time they flap their wings, it creates this updraft. And it helps all the, other, the others flying in formation. And someone has said that the flock gets 71% greater flying range because they're working together in this V shape. And then also when one gets sick, two others fall out with the one that's sick. There's another team. Flies off as the one, with the one that's sick and stays with the one that's sick until it can come back and, and start flying again. Lastly, the geese... In the rear of the formation are the ones that are honking. 
They're, the ones in the front might be so tired from, from leading because they're having to flap harder than all the rest of them. And the rest of them are getting a benefit from all that flapping going off in front. The ones in the back are the ones that have the energy to be honking. And so they honk as they go, maybe encouraging the ones in front, keep flapping, keep flapping, because we got it a lot easier as long as you're up front. So, so they're in a team, and they work together. And those who are stronger work harder so that those who in, in the back can get the benefit of that and those in the back are the one are encouraging those in the front to keep going. Geese are stronger working in a team than, than what anyone could be by himself. And we as a congregation are stronger as a team than any one person could be by himself because we're working together and helping one another. Also, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What is the purpose of a team? Well, you've got, you've got some animals teamed together. What is the purpose? The purpose is to be more productive than what one individual could be. You know, if you've got two oxen teamed together, the two together can get a whole lot more work done than just one by himself. So that's why we team together animals to work. Uh, you know, we've got a car, we've got a truck, we, we call horsepower. How many horses you got under that hood? Could you imagine a car that only had one horse? <laughs> Wouldn't be going too much, would it? But you know, you got all this horsepower underneath the hood, and boy, we can really go, can't we? As Christians, we're more productive teamed together as a body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we won't take time to read that this morning, but the church is composed of individual members, and each member adds to the productivity of the whole church. Working alone, a Christian would be limited. Now, you know, there's only so much you can do personally, but working together with the whole church, we can accomplish so much more. You know, uh, there's some people that really can't sing on key. You know, and they know that. I can't really sing on key. And it comes a song lady, I'm not really the person you want to be leading singing, so somebody else leads singing. And that individual who may not can sing on key, really, but there's other things he's good at. And so that increases the productivity of all. Let me give you an illustration. You may have heard of this. In 1925, there was, there was a diphtheria outbreak in Nome, Alaska. And several young children had died. Finally, it was diagnosed, this is what it is, and that child died also. The next day, another girl, she, she got diphtheria. And it was, it was diagnosed now. And so they had some serum, but it was out of date. So the doctor tried giving it to her anyway, and she died. So later that night, they, there's only one doctor in town. Dr. Welch called the mayor, got the city council together, said, what are we going to do? We're in Nome, Alaska. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. There's no way to get this serum to us. All of these people are going to die. Well, all of us could die. So they thought about maybe an airplane could fly it out. No, it's too cold for that. You know, 1925, airplanes aren't going to make it, you know, so we can't do that. So what do they do? They get 20 guys together. And they get their dogs together with their dog sled, 20 mushers and 150 sled dogs, and they work in teams. 
And in five and a half days, they traveled 674 miles to get the serum back to Nome, Alaska to save the population. It would have been impossible for one fellow to make that trip by himself in five and a half days. But because they worked in team in a team of 20 and broke the trip down, and they break it down going one way and coming back, they break it down again. They are able to make that long trip in five and a half days, and it would have been impossible. You look at the work that we do here. One person couldn't do it all. I mean, we've got two elders, five deacons. We've got three preachers. We've got who knows how many Bible class teachers. And we've got all sorts of people all involved in all sorts of things. And some of the things I'm sure I don't even know about, it would be impossible. You could work 24 hours a day and not get it all done if you're by yourself. Our productivity is so much more because we work together. We're unified with this common goal of accomplishing the work of God. Our productivity is so much higher. Well, let's just think of a few examples. How about the apostles? That, that has to be... Their accomplishment was, I'm sure, not ever going to be surpassed by any group of men. Twelve apostles commissioned by Jesus Christ, aided by the Holy Spirit, preached the gospel to every person on the face of the earth in about 30 years. Brethren, 12 guys a day couldn't do that with the internet, television, radio. Twelve guys did that, helped by all that they were helped with. How about Jesus? Luke chapter 10, verse 1, sent out the 70. What did he do? Send them out two by two. Does Jesus know what he's talking about? Does he know what he's doing? Certainly does. I'll tell you this sort of funny little, little story. I was in, uh, in Russia and preaching there. And, and there was uh, always two of us, sometimes three of us. And I got thinking I was a big shot one day, and I'm going to go out by myself. And you got to, you know, walk pretty far to get somewhere. We always walk. We didn't ride the buses. That's another story. And, uh, and, and I walked somewhere, and I was coming back. You can't read. You can't talk to anybody. Didn't have any translators. And I made the wrong turn. And I didn't even know how to ask somebody to get where I was going because I didn't even know how to say my address in Russian. <laughs> now, if I'd have had one of the guys with me, he would have... Uh, I'm sure it helped me and correct that. Fortunately, I was able to remember, man, where did I mess up? I was able to get back, and I made it back. I remember another time. I forget if it was myself or the guy I was with was going to step out in front of the car, and whichever one was it, we grabbed the other one and said, no, you know, stop. So working in teams is efficient and much more productive. How about Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7? Seven deacons were appointed. Why not just one? Seven were appointed. And how about 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4? We're soldiers of Christ. Have you ever known of a soldier that only have one soldier in an army? <laughs> That'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? So we're soldiers. Soldiers are in an army. Soldiers work together. You know, could you imagine an army, an army of a million against one? Wouldn't happen. We're soldiers. We work together to defeat the enemy. Well, let's, let's summarize here. I'm suggesting to you that being a Christian is like being on a team. And that we're team members. Let, 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 me, let me rephrase. We are yoke fellows. That really means team members. Yoke fellows. We're bound together as a group to accomplish a common goal. And because of that, we learn a lot of things. And we can think of ourselves in a particular way. 
that each person is needed and is important, and we need each person doing their job the best that they can. I don't care if you're 12 years old or 11 years old or whatever it is, or if you're 85. There is work for you to do, and we need everybody doing their work, and it's important, and each person is important. And because that we're all united together, in Christ Jesus, following our local leadership, the elders, we are stronger than we would be otherwise. And we're more productive than, than we would be otherwise. Because we have this bond together. And what is that bond? Blessed be the tie. That's Jesus Christ. Blessed be the tie. And because of that tie, we are the people that we are and can do what we do. So think about this. Being a member of a congregation is like being on a team. And if I can extend the invitation like this, Jesus invites you to be a member of his team. We, we already looked at the scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. He says, take my yoke. In other words, be on my team. Uh, there is a burden. There is work to do. But Jesus is humble in spirit and, and his burden is light. But you do have to bear a burden. You do have to work. You do have to do your part. But you're better because of it and we're all better because of it. Jesus invites you to take that yoke. Jesus invites you to be a yoke fellow. Jesus invites you to be part of this team. To do what the Lord would have us to do. And, and I'll tell you something. As long as we're doing what the Lord would have us to do, we are going to succeed. The battle belongs to the Lord. We are going to be victorious. It's not a matter of whether we'll succeed or not. It's just a matter of are we going to succeed with you or without you. And I hope it's with you. If you would, get your songbooks out. We'll extend the gospel invitation. Will you take on the yoke? Will you be the yoke fellow? Will you be on the team? 283, there's a great day coming. Remember, we already read the scripture. If you're on this team, your name's written in the book of life. There is a great day coming, and with that great day, you're going to be rewarded so immensely with eternal life in heaven. If you're not a Christian today, won't you think about becoming one so that you can be part of that glory one day in heaven. All you have to do, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Repent of your sins, confess that Jesus Christ is God's Son, and to be baptized for the remission of your sins, you'll be added to the church. Your sins will be washed away. You'll put on the yoke of Jesus Christ. We'll be yoke fellows together with you. We'll be working on the same team with the same goal and purpose in mind, eternal life in heaven. If we can help you at all this morning, I want you to step to the front now as we stand and sing.